Puissance. 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 Yeah. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. They're great. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. But they're great. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. A three song. Yes, indeed. Three Songs Podcast, October 22nd, 2020. Episode 133. Bob Nastanovich, Mike Hogan, Bob. What's up, my man? I just realized when you played the intro that um, have you heard of the band called Boat? Boat. Washington State, D Crane. Mm. Guy's a great, he's had a great um, pandemic Instagram um, video podcasting. He's a great guy, great guy. Incredibly prolific band really cool that he asked me like a few days ago to do background vocals on monster mash and sent me the instrumental thing for it wow and i've got to kind of do it so i can't do the podcast so i've got to do that right now <laughs> no actually i'm just kidding I, i'll do it after <laughs> I, I don't even know how the hell i'm gonna do it you don't sleep so you'll i'm sure you'll find a way i'll get up for cheltenham yeah <laughs> I'll be up for Cheltenham. You know, it's the opening day of the jump season tomorrow in the UK. Nobody cares about that. Listen to the podcast. I don't know. Some do. So, come on. Some do, you know. I, I can Obviously, like, you know, Cops Plates coming up. Your man, Josty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, good times, you know. But let's, uh, episode 133. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know. Getting the kids good? Kids are good. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. You know, I got an, we got an email the other day uh, from Teddy's teacher. He said in class that school is hell. And uh, fair enough. I mean, you know, come on. Right. At what point during your academic career did uh, did you ever? Have, I'm going to say I don't know if I went in a complete day without thinking that. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, no, to what it's it's, just... to, you know, I guess at various times from kindergarten through the end of. University, because I stopped after I got my Bachelor of Arts degree. Um, did you do grad school? No, no. Yeah, you got you. Would you get a Bachelor of Arts? Yep, I sure did. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, what university was that? Santa Clara. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. You're a Bronco. I am a Bronco. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, I, yeah. <laughs> not same class, but I was there at the same time as Steve Nash. So. There you go. Oh, I mean, that was what did you actually see him play in college? Um, yeah, maybe a couple games. He was a couple years younger than me, I believe, or and may have redshirted to stay a little longer. I don't know. I just I remember they made it quite far one year when I was eh, maybe a junior or senior. They made it quite quite far in the NCAAs unexpectedly because he was maybe a freshman at the time. And yeah, Steve Nash, the new coach of the um, Brooklyn Nets. There you go. But they, but the one guy on the team, what's the guy on the team? Are you talking Kurt? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the, oh, I can't remember his name. The guy that went to Duke. He plays like 10, 10 games a year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Z- anyway, I gotta, Zion this guy? is like one of the most, yeah, no, no, no. That guy yeah. plays for um, the Pelicans. He's amazing. Yeah. Now, this guy's a little bit older. 
similarly all starish, you know. Anyway, that's beside the point. Grant Forster played against Steve Grant Forster, my friend, horse trainer Grant Forster, mm-hmm. who's going to run a horse in the um, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, his Breeders' Cup um, first um, attack on the on the crushing the cup as a trainer. He played basketball against Steve Nash in Canada, and when he as an eighth grader. <laughs> wow. Go, yeah. go Grant. Good luck. The, yeah. Good luck yeah, in BC. Yeah. I mean, that is like the most unnecessary piece of horse racing slash basketball <laughs> trivia what, ever in the history of the show. That's, what, that's is, what people come to us for. Yeah, I guess we actually, I mean, we can even, we'll, we'll talk about the Breeders' Cup for five minutes in an upcoming, upcoming episode. I'm sure we will. Um, you're you're going to start it off tonight. Yeah, I'm going to take us completely away from what we're talking about. I'm going to take us to um, Kingston Town, Jamaica. Michael Rose, um, absolute <clears throat> reggae singing legend. Um, Black Uhuru. Mm-hmm. I saw them play in, I'm going to say, 88 or 89 in Charlottesville. Um I can't remember what whether I was a student there yet or I drove up from Richmond, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. I don't think I'd ever been in a indoor auditorium with. It would probably held about eighteen hundred um, mem gym. There was an incredible amount of gong <laughs> in the air, and um, I can imagine he didn't. He, he, well, he didn't. He didn't have this song then. Black Uhuru. He, he and Bart, he's had his solo career off and on. He, Michael Rose is his name, and um, he changed it to um, M-Y-K-A-L Rose, which I believe is the Ethiopian spelling. Um, I'm playing a more recent song of his about street criminals, and 2016, Michael Rose, Sidewalk Steppa.
setting the mood bob well yes yeah, an important mood to set indeed yeah so like um black uhuru I, I don't know like i've never really asked you about your reggae experience um my reggae experience is kind of filtered through a lot of white artists that covered reggae um, yeah, and, an old ska thing. Well, yeah, a little bit, but like notably the Clash. You know, we talked a, a little bit on uh, a, a few episodes oh, yeah. ago about you know their versions of like Police and Thieves, and um, you know their versions of kind of classic uh, reggae. And then I think through that it opened me up to I think the first reggae record I ever bought was the soundtrack to The Harder They Come. Yeah. 
absolute classic, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So is um, Black Uhuru Anthem. Yeah, which, um, which Michael uh, Rose sang on, and then he he split the scene. So when I saw them in eighty eight or nine, he wasn't he wasn't there anymore because he'd gone into the mountains to grow coffee. <laughs> they reemerged with his solo career and um, still going strong. That was when he was fifty nine. Like he's probably one of the most celebrated voices in the history of reggae music. See, Richmond, where I grew up, is a huge reggae town. We had this place, New Horizons Cafe, which would have, I mean, I saw like Squirrel Bait and the Descendants there and stuff like that, but it would either be punk or reggae, but it was all run by reggae dudes. Hmm. And so I'd say if they had like 11 shows a month, like, Seven would be reggae and four would be punk. They kind of let anybody play there, kind of mm-hmm. place, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but Richmond has always had a very strong reggae slash ska presence, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. That's cool. And um, which is so it's always been like there's so many stores as a kid, whether it be Richmond or DC, where like reggae music was was playing and. Although, I mean, I would not call myself like, you know, a purveyor of reggae music or extremely knowledgeable. The the exposure was always, you know, there from the same time I started, you know, buying records as a kid. So that's cool. Yeah. But, for me, I didn't I didn't have that exposure. And so it's been a lot of later discoveries. And I think for me, I've kind of gravitated towards the earlier stuff, like the original Desmond Decker, Toots and the Maid. Yeah, that stuff's so good. You know, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. So, you know, I mean, even Black Uhuru is a bit of a blind spot for me. Um, and certainly Michael Rose. Like, I don't know any of his solo stuff. Well, Anthem, Anthem's the one. Okay. Well, 85, that's, a, that's yeah, that's, it's, you know, I think if somebody, anybody built a top 50 list of reggae records that knew quite a bit more than we did, that would be... <laughs> The classic, yeah. You know, Eka Mouse is my favorite, but um, no, it's that, that's cool. Dig, and the, dig that tune, you know. It's just amazing to me that like a guy who's you know he's still great. Yeah, you know? I mean, no, that was that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, and it had, uh, I mean, the piano. I think is what kind of surprised me about it. I wasn't expecting the piano. Yeah, and the synth and stuff mm-hmm. like. There's certain noises that are just like so completely reggae. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just. I'm not saying it's typical. Cause it is sort of outstanding. There is. I've seen bad reggae, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, you know, um, so there is a difference. Like it is one of those genres that, um, you know, that you could say, oh, you know, it's you'd have. There's nuances, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. like you got to be kind of special because it's like kind of a, you know, essentially the beat is, is fairly the same. It's pretty same. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not adept enough as a percussionist to tell you exactly what that's called, but, um, like two, four or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like my friend, Steve Cobby, like he's like, who I played on the show, like he knows all that stuff and he's, he knows how to play everything, and same with Martin Dosh. Like they can tell you exactly. Like real percussionists can tell you like mm-hmm. what that is, and like how like there's tricks, and how it's like really complicated to play that way. And 
as Mr. Four Four Time would tell you, <laughs> that's you know beyond me, mate. So, anyways, it, so where are you heading? Um, I'm going to go to the UK. I'm going to go to uh, 1971, uh, and I'm going to play a woman who was in a band called Affinity, kind of a prog rock, almost jazz rock band. Uh, but this is a solo record of hers from 1971. It's her first solo record. She, um, boy, uh, 44 years later, she did her follow-up record um, in 2015. So uh, this is her debut from 1971. The album is called Pieces of Me, and the woman is... We tend to do that a lot. We tend to, like, play these artists that, like, did these amazing things and, like, yeah, and 37 years later, can yeah. you know? Right, exactly. So... Um, her name is Linda Hoyle, uh, and I think Linda, on a H O Y L E H O Y L E. I think on a previous show, um, or maybe I've just threatened to highlight Chris Petting. Have I have I played any Chris Petting? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, I, I'm so. Do you play cards for money? Uh, do I play cards for money? Um, yeah. I played a lot of gin rummy. For pennies with my grandfather when I was a kid. Okay. Um, I played a little bit of poker in my time, but it's kind of, uh, it's been probably 10, 15 years. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. Why yeah. do, you, do you, you know, I mean, Hoyle, of course, famous card brand, right? Yeah, it's completely off subject. Yeah. That's a little totally. Hoyle, I'm sorry. Totally. Um, just like, I like to throw in, like, you know, some getting to know you questions for the uh, <laughs> audience as much as anything else. I appreciate that, Bob. I appreciate that. But these that. are things I don't know. Um, like, I play pitch for money. I got to teach you how to play pitch. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, next, next time we're on like a seven hour international flight in 2026. Okay. I know, I know euchre, <laughs> spades, hearts, all that stuff. Um, yeah. But, if you're a sidewalk stepper, uh, that's right. It's important to know how to place. Um, Spades and hearts um, when you end up in the slammer. Well, if if I have not cr- played Chris Spedding, I will play him on a future show. In fact, S P E S P D D I N G. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he, he another plays, artist. He plays guitar on this record from 1971. No um, Linda Hoyle wrote this song, and um, it's a nice it's a nice tune. I mean, if you're so inclined and you want to try and find a an original copy. Rhyming, man. That Ricky made you rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one goes for usually about a grand. So um, Woo! find find a reissue. It will be much cheaper. It's a cheaper. value podcast tonight. It is. Um, anyway, the, the, the song from this this uh, first album, Linda Hoyle, that I'm going to play is called Black Crow. And again, the album's Pieces of Me. Here you go. Hope you like it. Thank you. <laughs> are all bright and the big black row is waiting Tied in the street full of hurrying feet And a dog in the heart where the big black row is heading Shout aloud Save your 
awesome yeah <laughs> isn't that cool yeah kind of in that like um, am i correct in saying that's kind of in the kind of curved air united states of america kind of vibe i think so I, I, mean, I know they're like i know i think they're both right. well, curved air is english Sim- and similar united states of america are they san fran uh you played them yeah or la I, they're they're west coast yeah. for sure yeah um but you know joe, that kind of like that's like punk rock joe boyd produced you know joe boyd produced a lot of joe boyd um but spedding man yeah and chris spedding on the guitar there uh if i haven't played chris spedding which i know i've been meaning to maybe i'll do a a feature on chris because he is somebody who i think started right around then late 60s early 70s he did like folk kind of stuff he did almost like free jazz he did uh, rockabilly. He did like power pop, um, and it's all interesting and it's all really good. And for whatever reason, I mean, this is a guy that's been making music for fifty years, and you know he has his niche following, but like it's he's never really kind of caught on. So um, I'll highlight him on a future episode. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool, man. Yeah, I like that. And I think it's been recently reissued, so you might be able to find it much cheaper than the <laughs> four-figure sum that it often goes for on Discogs. Yeah, I mean, come on, who pays a 1000 for a record? Uh, people that hate money, I guess, right? Or have way too much. Right, right. they have so much of it that they hate it. Like, yeah. Get this out of my face. Don't, least of my worries, <laughs> and yours. Right. Intentionally, right. intentionally. Um the bats, man. The bats. We haven't played the bats. We have not played the bats. How the hell have you not played the bats? Man, Christchurch, right? Flying Nun Records, Daddy's Highway, one mm-hmm. of the best records of 1987, perhaps late 80s, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, the legendary Robert Scott. Yeah. Who is this? Also- is one of those bands still going strong. And I'm going to do a quick double bubble because they're both. Um, Pretty short songs, which is kind of one of the features of the bats. They're mm-hmm. just they um, 
it's New Zealand music. So, I mean, right. You know, it's classic flying nun. This mm-hmm. is, um, shimmery guitar, of, great songwriting. Yeah. This is, you know, he started like an 82, 83 ish in Christchurch, same four dudes, um, that have always been in the band are still going, still in it. So they must get along. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 33 years ago, although I'm sure there's been some breaks in between and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, um, one great thing about New Zealand is they could be playing live tonight because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure the Bats had big plans this year in 2020 with new material coming out. I think they're first in 17. Um, uh, you can I imagine you can play regular live gigs in New Zealand mm-hmm. now. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Malcolm Grant on the drums, Paul Keene on the bass, Kay Woodward, Robert Scott handling the vocals. This is block of wood for the bats.
the bats. Yeah, quick shout out to our mate uh, Carl Young, Ally Records. Oh yeah, Carl. Yeah, the Kate Kitchen Records available mm-hmm. on. I, I think does that one have a website or his Facebook? Ally A L L Y. We put out new Kate Kate Kitchen material. Yeah, Graham Jeffries in the lot, mm-hmm. and uh, check it out. It's awesome. And um, yeah, don't you think that's kind of the bats are like sort of this perfect blend of both the clean and the chills? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, very. I mean, they, they're obviously like they're Christ, they're from Christchurch, but they're obviously total Dunedin. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, establish themselves, and I mean, Dunedin. Um, is a great place. It's a college town that smells like chocolate. Okay, <laughs> and like it's filled with. It's just a great, great little place. And then Christchurch is kind of interesting. On my few visits there, I'd say probably three or four. Um, there's always like proper what I call costume punks there. Like and there's always like fighting in the streets. It's like a totally different vibe. Wellington, when I've gone there, is like hyper windy, and like it's always really windy, and it's kind of the seat of government in New Zealand, and it's kind of tame. Christchurch has this like is kind of a, in my experience, again, extremely limited experience, all in the or in the nineties, um, kind of chaotic, and Dunedin's like very chill, hmm. so like. And just a total enclave of artists. But um, anyways, the Bats are still going strong. Mentioned I was going to play two. This is brand new by the Bats. This is a new single called Gone to Ground. You could walk the marshes and go far.
beautiful. Yeah, not the most positive vibe and lyrically, but um, well, yeah. You know, often yeah. New Zealand music is not the most positive vibe m- lyrically, but the music was, right. was uh, you know, I mean, what were 30 some odd years between those two songs, right? Yeah. Uh, and it kind of doesn't sound like they could, it sounds like they could be on the same record. Yeah, no, definitely, but there's that, that one's got it's heavy on the synth. Sure, sure, but it's in um, a good way. Like, yeah, that kind of sets the it sets it sets the tone. I mean, and and I hadn't yeah. heard that. I hadn't heard their new stuff. Um, it sounds great. Yeah. Do they That's have a full album, so or is fun. that just a seven inch? As far as I know, it's just a single. Okay. Well, hopefully well, there might a... be more to come. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I know they've put out a few. At least an EP recently, so yeah, they've got another. Probably on that. It's probably on that. Okay, cool. Well, I like that. Um, thank you. And you know, it's funny. We I think we went a few episodes, more than a handful. We went maybe even ten uh, without playing anything from New Zealand. And then last episode, I played the new record or something from the new record from Dead Famous People. I like that. I, I, yeah, it's it's quite good. And then and then you're bringing the bat, so I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna stay on the vibe. I'm gonna stay in New Zealand. I'm gonna stay with a, a an artist that's uh, a contemporary of the bats, and they're also still kind of going strong. Um, the puddle. I don't know how well you know the puddle, but another flying nun nun band. Um, George Henderson is their main songwriter, but the band is included. Uh, Peter Gutteridge of Snapper, and um, I think he was in the Clean early version yeah. of Clean, right? Uh, there is that thing like where there is this familial thing there where, sure. and we're talking, I think several dozen musicians, and they do. Yep. And although it's a country with two islands, and Christchurch and Dunedin are on the South Island, Auckland, Wellington on the North. And you got to take when you go from the South to North. There's it's quite a dangerous flight from Christchurch to Wellington across the Cook Strait. It's a real, I mean, people who are not fans of awkward takeoffs and landings. I mean, who loves, who loves an awkward takeoff and landing anyways, but um, I mean, but it does seem like it, it uh, there's a society there. Um, you know, it's almost like it's like, one big city, but it's not. I'm sure right. that, and I've never really sensed, aside from like Dead Sea, that axis, Michael Morley, and that mm-hmm. lot. Like, right. there's not. People all seem to sort of. You wouldn't. I've never been there long enough to sense too much tension. People kind of like King Loser and stuff. They, I sort of felt that there was like some artists that you know were trying to be like their own thing. Mm-hmm. Or trying to not to be part of the flying nun thing or rejectionist, all that. But like, generally speaking, there's a certain it's a community mm-hmm. of musicians, mm-hmm. and they all seem to know each other and get along. So like, mm-hmm. and then if, if you are know who these people are and you're a fan, you play a gig there, then you suddenly realize that you're whether it's an after party or backstage, even after you've played, that it's kind of like. Um, it's like a who's who of like New Zealand music gods, and you don't have enough time to 
And you're not going to say, like, man, you know, I mean, you compliment people, but, you know, it's just, right. I think, and I think just about everybody in pavement, you know, loves New Zealand music in varying degrees. It, and um, it was always a bit like, whoa, whoa, talk to that guy, whoa, whoa, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, of course, I, the, the, I mean, 3Ds are the people I, I know the best because um, yeah. we toured with them in the u.s and in europe as well um and um i miss them um but uh yeah anyways play the puddle the puddle are great the puddle so um i'm gonna play something i think this is maybe a collection a cd collection um from 1992 i think it collects uh a couple releases pop lib um was their first EP on Flying Nun in 1986. And then uh, maybe those are just the bonus tracks of this studio record, um, In the Moon, or Into the Moon, rather, um, which was only available on CD and cassette, and it followed a live LP that came out the year before called Live at the Teddy Bear Club, which was only released on LP. So... um, sort of strange if you're into collecting vinyl or into collecting well, CD. Well, the, there was a whole era where like things were only available on CD. Well, that right. Like, well, right. But, never, still never really been slapped on vinyl. Yeah. Because vinyl was dead. Right, for sure. And Into the Moon in 1992 was never released on vinyl, but Live at the Teddy Bear Club in 1991 on Flying Nun was only released on vinyl. So, Well, fly, you know, Flying Nun's... Exception of the rule, like Matador, they kind of always kept the vinyl thing going, you know, away. Right. Yeah. But for whatever reason, there's always CDs, but they did not put this out on vinyl. Um, And this is a song called Monogamy from Into the Moon. It could maybe do for a reissue. I think it's it's sort of quiet sounding. I might have to bump it up in post production. Um, But it's just a beautiful song. George Henderson's the singer songwriter, Um, and uh, I think it has Norma O'Malley. From Look Blue Go Purple. Look Blue, Look Blue Go Purple, yeah. yeah. Um, she was in the band at this time as well. So here you awesome. go. Awesome. The puddle. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 
Um, I like that. Was that the, you said that was recorded live? That was a live show? No, no, no. That was the studio version. That cool. was the studio release. That was like a um, mutant pop style. There's two guitar players on that, right? I think so. I think the main yeah, guitar yeah. was... Somebody's doing like really discordant mutant poppy stuff. Yeah, I think that was uh, George Henderson. Yeah, George can play, man. Yeah, and... Um, or at least like the style of guitar that I dig. For whatever... Uh, <laughs> For whatever it's worth, and I don't know what this means, but this was produced by the great New Zealand artist Alistair Galbraith. Um, oh, yeah. Didn't sound terribly produced to me. <laughs> so My kind of producer. I don't know. Leave what it that, alone. Yeah. One take. Yeah, right, roll. Exactly. <laughs> Just let the tape roll. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, then track. you know, give it a little bit of a mix and send. Yeah. You know, when you have. Why? Why mess about? <laughs> right. Right. But that's. I mean, I mean they're a band. I've I've listened to almost all of I think all of their releases. They're just a band that, you know, I mean when we talk about all these New Zealand bands, they don't really get brought up and George, he's a good singer, he's a good songwriter. Um, you know, he's maybe not as flashy or catchy as some of the others, but uh I'm waiting for the 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 puddle rediscovery. That'll be an exciting time, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we can, maybe we can spearhead. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I love the puddle. Um, <laughs> but how can you not? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like when you say like the rediscovery, like, what does that mean? Like, well, like you know, I mean, there's a lot of these bands. Maybe you've just done it on episode maybe, 133. Maybe. maybe you've kicked it off. It could, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. One get into the puddle. One thousand listeners we have will will. Uh, you know, it'll be like the, I don't know, viral moment that takes the puddle over the top. Yeah, so right now we're going to get on a plane. <laughs> and we're going to go from like Auckland to Sydney to Seoul to London to Addis Ababa. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're going back to <laughs> Addis Ababa. Yeah, yeah we're going to do the old, what everybody does on a podcast, the old... New Zealand to Ethiopia mm -hmm. in the 70s maneuvering okay. with uh, Mahmoud Ahmed, who was just like shining shoes in a club and saw an opportunity and got up there and started his rather supreme career as a musical star in Ethiopia. 
in the 70s. And this is one of his classics. And like, um, the, the song is called 78, and the song is called uh, uh, Bem and Say Babaletlash, which, uh, you know, you always, when you don't know the language, which obviously we don't, mm-hmm. you always wonder, like, the vibe, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't know exactly what they're singing about. But, like, the positive music here, like, and the song, the translation, as far as I know, is no excuse for not loving you. So, like, the the vibe of the lyrics, I think, kind of hits with the really, like, it's just a re- really fun, great vibe and song by the great Mahmoud Ahmed. Cool. I don't think I know this one, so I know a lot this of... This one's cool, man. I know There's a lot so of many Ethiopian elements in this music. song. It's probably one of, my, one of my favorite songs of the summer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Shot fee, 
بمن سبب نتلاشی متفش کمیل دایرو بسکریشین دایهونه راسش لایالو سویس کی بیال هرت و دچنو لودیشالودیم فکرشات فینو بمن سبب نتلاشیم متفش کمیل دایرو بسکریشین دایهونه راسش لایالو سویس کی بیال هرت و دچنو وقت مدنی و ملاحو لوگلاش میکنات اتاهوی به من سبب لطلاشی یه فکر وقت مدنی و ملاحو لوگلاش میکنات اتاهوی به من سبب لطلاش Cool yeah, Bevan Sabab Lash, man. Uh, I like that. I know what I gonna uh, like. What is like um, this thing that we see everywhere about redacting statements? Like, are you know this got redacted? You know, like how does that work? Like documents go public, and then like there's like sharpies. And just, yeah. like, like every everything you need to read is like redacted. Right. Well, I think it's um, something that you know, they would do for FBI documents when they would release them to the public. Freedom of Information Act kind of stuff. So, like, the Freedom of Information Act, if it's, like, completely, like, ripped, like, take a Sharpie to all the juicy parts. Uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, what is that about? I don't know, right? It's, like, national security, like, the free... So the Freedom of... I don't know. I don't know enough what... But I'm going to redact a statement. Okay. That was not my. That was not one of my favorite songs this summer. That's, and that's that's something that that whole thing is just like the lamest thing you can say. Like one of like, <laughs> like it's like, well, that's one of my favorite um, qualified statements. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that, that was one my of my favorite, favorite siblings. Summer. I listened to that song probably again in my mundane life here, um, really in any year, um, is I spend a huge chunk of my life driving back and forth from Des Moines to Altoona, Iowa. And an important part of that 17 minute drive, ideally is listening to music. And I probably listened to that song 40 times this summer. Wow. So it's my favorite, my favorite song of the summer. That's great. No, it was cool. I like it. So and there's um, a lot more, there's like, you know, that's the tip of the iceberg, but, Tell me more That's, about him. So he, that was 1978, you said. Um, he's just an Ethiopian legend. Like, you know, I mean, he was like, uh, just, I mean, obviously, he became, became a huge legend. He was, he started listening to Ethiopian radio when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like a handyman. And, and you know, it's one of those things where he's like a kid. He's still alive. He's seventy nine. Okay. And um, cool. 
and he just like saw an opportunity and got up on stage in the early 60s. I believe when the headlining band, I guess he'd seen enough going on at this club um, that, and this, you know, I mean, we're talking when he was 20 or something, and he just, he said, I'll sing. So I don't know how that worked all out, worked out for him, but he must have done all right because mm-hmm. one thing led to another, and then he became pretty huge there. So I think he's a household name in Ethiopia. Nice. Um, I mean, he's in 1997, he won a World Music Award, um, the BBC World Music Award. And um, yeah, just one of these people you could spend your whole life um, not ever hearing his name um but if you're in ethiopia like everybody knows who he is you know yeah no that's cool i'll, I'll definitely like, i'm not saying like you know he's not i mean the bruce springsteen of ethiopia <laughs> i don't know you know i have no, no idea where to put it you know right that's fair. i think you're gonna play gary newman he could be the gary newman of ethiopia maybe he is ethiopia. yeah maybe he's the gary so yeah gary newman let's talk gary newman uh, gary newman is not the Mahmoud Ahmed of England. Okay. Um, and it's safe to say that. Sorry about that. But okay. yeah, no, he's put out tons of stuff and like you can find it anywhere. I haven't checked the prices and stuff. And like, I have been like, I do miss DJing a little bit. Like I usually DJ about 15 times a year, you know, and I would, and I've just gotten into that. So like, that's one thing that would make yeah. me come out behind the decks and dance with the, Hopefully, eleven people who turned could, up. You know, I, I could see it. I could see it. Um, yeah, but yeah, Gary Newman. I like uh, to dance really poorly to like the, you know the Greek music and the Ethiopian music. Do it. Yeah, I want to see video. <laughs> yeah, I, I can. You know, I can. You can comedy you... comedy dance okay. for you. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, you know, Gary Newman, London, late seventies. Was in Two Boy Army, put out a couple records with the Two Boy Army, and one of them in April of 1979, and then went solo, and in September of 1979, five months later, put out I guess what would be his career-defining record, The Pleasure Principle, which included, of course, Cars, which he's probably best known for. No, oh, I mean it's like kind of the I think. Just about everybody knows that song, yeah, uh, or at I mean, least people from our generation. I would, I would expect. I mean that that song is so instant. Well, so it was an MTV classic. So, so the video. recognizable, yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think aside from that, you know, he's he's somewhat known. People know the name. He's a bit of a legend, but I, I don't really hear much talk about his music that much. Um, so I want to play something. I'm going to play something from his well, I think like a, like a lot of MTV huge, well, I mean, like I mentioned pre-show, like Cindy Lauper's on a commercial for some skincare product. Um, you know, they're just known for one song. Yeah, I mean, Cin- Cindy Lauper had a few big hits. And I know, but you know what I'm saying? Right, like The right. slow one. Totally. Um, you know, and, and Gary Newman. Gary Newman, I think, is... You know, did did they still do one hit wonder compilations? So, but he's obviously more than that. Maybe explain right. to us why. I mean, he's he's still making music, I think. Um, and uh, 
you know, but but he like he has he has quite. I mean, I guess in in a way you'd think of him similar to like a Thomas Dolby, um, who had kind of a big one MTV. Blind me with science. That he yeah that he's known for, but uh, you know I think Gary Newman is. Um, I think he's right. Another one that's ripe for rediscovery, especially the early stuff. Like this two-way army stuff is great. So I want to play something from their second record, the one right before he went solo, called Replicas. Um, this one's called uh, You're In My Vision. I don't know how well you know this stuff, but if you don't know it well, be it you, Bob, or the listener, I think you might like it. Cheers.
you know, kind of a wire vibe in a way. Classic late 70s post-punk. Bobby there? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I had to turn my mic on. Yeah, pretty straightforward. I mean, like it is. You can see how cars. I never talk about the. I ran into Gary Newman one time. You didn't. No, I was. It was like ninety three, and I was in London, and pavement had played a show, and there was some sort of after party, in, in a discotheque type thing, and it was kind of like obliged to attend situation for me <laughs> and you know you kind of tired and slate just i mean in my case i mean sure like i can only speak for myself like i was exhausted and ready to go home and like i'm standing there holding a beer as you can imagine and i look to my right and there's gary newman like standing right next to me <laughs> and i mean not like wanting to chat, obviously, or anything like that. But he just looked exactly like you'd expect. <laughs> like, I'm sure people have actually been Gary Newman for Halloween, okay? <laughs> so it almost looked like Gary Newman, somebody dressed up for... But he, and he's like... Right. It's like 5'4", I would right. say. And like the same makeup scheme as the Cars video, everything like you know, heavy makeup stuff like that. Like, <laughs> and all I could think of to myself, I couldn't say anything because I was a bit stunned. All I could, all I could think about was like, wow, like, you know, Gary Newman, like when he goes out, I don't know how often that was, or why he ended up there. I don't think it was associated to our gig at all. I think it was just like, no, you got to go here, sort of situation. Uh, I couldn't help but think like he wants like people to know Gary Newman's there, like yeah. maybe for like better service at the bar or something like that. You know, right? I, like I've always I, wondered about that. Like, does he go to the grocery store like that, or is that just? Well, I can tell you, it's like he goes like in '93 he went to a late night discotheque like that. Sure, I was sure. Like, wow. it... He looked exactly like every image that I've ever seen of Gary Newman. And I don't know what he looked like when he was in two way army, but like, yeah, it was Similar. bizarre. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it, I've, I've wondered those, those very th that very thing. Like, does Gary Newman look like Gary Newman when he's going grocery shopping? Does Robert Smith look like Robert Smith when he's going grocery shopping, you know, or, or do they just kind of be like, yeah, I'm not going to pull out, put on the full makeup and do up the Or hair. you'd be like, I think I saw Gary Newman. And like, if you didn't, you'd be like, I think I saw Gary Newman. Maybe I didn't, you know. <laughs> or you'd be. He's an unusual just looking man. like there's the okay. short, short dude, you know, like if you don't do the full makeup. Like, he... like the bar gel. Like, does it, yeah. like if you see like, you know, if we're in Berlin right now, like we like, oh, that's definitely Blix the bar gel, you know, like right. walking out of that cafe with a falafel sandwich you know like <laughs> i mean but anyways um uh on a on a sad note uh uh jr white chet jr white from, from uh girls wonderful band by my friend dean bean mm. true panther uh put out and of course label made him i know only met him briefly in 2000 he passed away yesterday so Rest in, rest in power, uh, J.R. White, and uh, Girls Great Band. I know we played them on the show. 
and uh yeah sad sad to find that out yeah um absolutely yeah too much too Popular much about this household yeah. um yeah dark times you know 40 years old mm. santa cruz you know mm. um just sad to find out that news mm-hmm. um Sure. He's, he's also a great producer, um, including uh, that. Uh, do we have we played Tobias Jesso? I think we have, haven't we? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to play head. that. We'll play that. We'll play it on a coming show. Okay. That album, Goon. Yeah, you like that? Okay. So, but uh, all right. Well, thank you, Bob. I don't mean to bring the mood totally down. But like, uh, well, you know, I mean honor honor his life and recognize him yeah. and uh yeah it's just rest of soul it's the way it is in these weird times you know yeah so anyways that Bemen said so Bob Lush, there's no excuse for not loving you Mike you that's know? right hug those yeah. that you love even if you can't physically touch them and uh let them know stay well stay safe love you Bob all right peace man Yeah, love you all. Thank you for listening. We'll do it again soon. All right.